big news. The Fantasy League 10 teams for 2021 are set. And so I will go ahead and announce mm. the 10 teams right now. I don't now. even know who it is. Uh, yeah, I know. I kept it quiet from you guys. I, I And the bottom line is I wouldn't tell you guys anyway because your opinions don't matter in this thing. It's a dictatorship and that's me. So um, the 10 teams are set. We, we don't really have much uh, uh, of a change, right? All, all the members are back, but we're going to add two teammates to two teams. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your Bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic here, hosting Blinkers Off, invading the Blinkers Off program. With us, as always, Jared Welch, Aaron Halterman. Gentlemen, happy early Thanksgiving. How you doing? What's up, buddy? Yeah, it's, it's good to have you on the uh, on the mic again. You know, you took a little break since Breeders' Cup, but uh, yeah, the show's better with you on here. It's a crossover. It's crossover week, man. I was on the magic mic. Now, now Curtis is here. So that's, uh, yeah. Look at that. What a it's it's what a fun weekend, right? We're we're just having all kinds of fun, Mis- mismatching together. You know, it's been great. <laughs> yeah, Aaron joined uh, the Magic Mike Show. If you haven't caught it, the uh, preview came out on Monday. You can go check it out right now. Aaron and I took a look at the Churchill Friday late pick four sequence which includes the Clark Stakes, which we're going to get to talk about. But uh, plenty of action both at Churchill and Del Mar has some amazing turf races all weekend long. So uh, I'm excited to talk about it with you guys and hear your thoughts and your top picks on this. But uh, I've been listening to you guys for quite a year, uh, several years now, so I know how things go. What's the best thing you saw today, Jared? Oh, boy. You know, I, it's not, I'm going to cheat a little bit because, uh, you know, it's got to be my boy Patrick Mahomes on Sunday night, right? I mean, the, the defense sure as hell isn't going to make the list, but but Patrick Mahomes will. That dude, was there any doubt in the final drive that he was that he was going to score? I mean, it was almost – and he almost scored too fast. You know, that's the problem. That, that's how good he was. Uh, you know, the Chiefs, you know, hate to say it, they're not even the best team in the AFC right now. So, it's going to be uh, – and I'm, I'm giving you credit, Magic. I know it's one of your 14 teams, but you you do you do like the Chief, or the, the the Steelers. And I was texting with Halterman. I said, yeah, you know, there's no way. We cannot beat – this like Ben is going to shred uh, this defense. Uh, but you got to stop Patrick Mahomes. You ain't going to do that. So Patrick Mahomes, you know, I haven't been talking about him much on the – you know, I've been giving everyone a break. But, you know, the Chiefs lost – have lost, you know, avenged that loss to the Raiders. And uh, – I think, you know, that was just a, an unbelievable – I mean, that dude is just just kind of neat to see uh, him continue to just do crazy shit like that. That You know, it's almost like, you know, a minute and a half, game's on the line, and you're just like, okay, we'll just go down and score real quick. I mean, that it's just – it's unbelievable feeling. 
Well, and that you talk about the the you know you think Ben's going to shred up the Kansas City defense. All you have to do is get one guy to touch Ben and his knees shred. So all you need to do just do an all out blitz on the first play, Chiefs versus Steelers. Uh, ben will get hurt. We'll have to put in that whoever the heck happens to be the backup at that moment. It feels like it changes all the time, and then you guys will be fine. So just do that. Just do all hey. eleven blitz. Hurt him. You're good to go. Uh, I don't know who your backup is, but I'm going to guess they could probably still move the ball on the Chiefs defense the way that we've been playing. So uh, last I heard, you guys still have a good running game. And it's, it's uh, you know, that would be a good, you know, we, you know, used to like, you know, the Patriots, Chiefs, that's been kind of the thing, you know, leading up to the last couple of years. Obviously, um, last year wasn't the case, but, you know, it'd be a, a kind of getting the Steelers back to the old Steelers and having a Steelers Chiefs um, AFC Championship, that would be a, that would be a, another hell of a cha- uh, you know worthy championship game for sure. Definitely an old school matchup that uh, dates way back to the days when Aaron's Cleveland Browns were the different Cleveland Browns, the other Cleveland Browns. So uh, <laughs> a lot more fun. Uh, listen, I think it's great that you guys each have uh, quarterbacks that there that you love who are just lighting the world on fire. You've got Kyler Murray for the Arizona Cardinals. You've got Patrick Mahomes, of course. So, uh, you know, the Detroit Lions fan in me wants to know what it's like to have an exciting young quarterback prospect. (laughs) (laughs) I have a question before we move on magic. I know you have a lot of different teams. What is like, if I said, who is the number one, who's your number one team? Who, what is the answer? Like if they were all to play each other, uh, the Detroit lions. Okay. So Detroit is number one. They've got your heart. Okay. That's fair. I've always wondered. Un- un- unfortunately, yeah. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I, 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 res- I respect it, though, you know, because... Me too. Tr- I mean, as a Chiefs fan, you have to respect that because you go through all the pain and the hell of, of, of being a fan, and trust me, it will happen. Uh, there'll be a year. I, I would love to see Detroit be relevant again because, you know, that's just... Uh, you talk about, like, back in the day, you know, back when, like, the Detroit and Barry Sanders and, like, Detroit was, like, a... It used to be a thing, you know. Um, it's it's not anymore. Uh, but no, um, maybe maybe they get you know hell NFC man. You can surely eventually could squeak into the playoffs. <laughs> well, can they can, can they get in the can they get into the NFC West by chance? Like or the East? Yeah, where they're what is it three and seven the right east, now? The East. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, the East. Mm-hmm. A three way tie first. A three way tie for second. That's like what is it? Three and six. Something no, like that. Yeah. Three, three, six, and one. The Eagles are three, yeah. six, and one, and the other teams are three and seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ricky's, our boy Ricky's watching the show. He wants to know if, if Lamar, because he's a Baltimore Ravens fan, oh he wants to know gosh. if that is that a top, is Lamar Jackson, seriously, is, is that a top 30 quarterback in the league? He's asking. I'm not sure if he's top 30. I don't know. He's uh, probably top 30. He's probably top 30, but he's like not right top the 20. Yeah. He's not top 20. Would you rather start Daniel Jones or Lamar Daniel Jackson? Daniel Jones. Right Daniel Jones. I agree. Because yeah. at least he can throw the ball somewhat. He's got he's almost got the same legs as Lamar. He, Lamar is so bad. He's horrible. He is unbelievably bad. Like the regression to go from last year to this year is unbelievable. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. And it, and it, at first I was like, oh, Jared, you're just kind of being funny towards Ricky. And then I actually started watching the Ravens. Like, that guy's horrible. They're calling yeah. plays trying to protect him. I mean, he is god awful right now he's the worst quarterback in that division well maybe not and i hate to see joe burrow got hurt i hate that trust me i do uh because i really enjoyed watching play so he's probably better than like finley that the Bengals have now but he's he's and listen i i'm sitting here saying baker is a very average nfl quarterback 
I would take him over Lamar Jackson. Like Lamar Jackson is just not very good. <laughs> well, no, Ricky's Ricky's loving nice, but if he thinks it, well, listen, you he's guys not. can deal with that. He's not. That's what's sad. He's really not, Ricky. He's not. <laughs> I'm sad because uh, I was looking forward to talking trash to Ricky tomorrow, but the Steelers Ravens game got postponed because mm-hmm. the Ravens had at least seven guys last I saw test positive for COVID, so they moved it yeah. to Sunday. So Ricky, uh, enjoy Thanksgiving. We're coming for you. Get ready for that one. <laughs> I mean, part part of me wants to see the Steelers lose, obviously, to help uh, get the Chiefs to the number one seed. But I mean, to de- to de- demolish, I would have loved to have seen them demolish Lamar on primetime tomorrow. Um, that would have been nice. But I guess it will wait till because see, he he will get shredded. I I start I have to start him in fantasy, and it's just it's sickening every week because you're just like. Oh, look, there he's got another pick. Oh, that's great. You know, that's that's usually, oh, he, he got a he fumbled it. That's awesome. You know, that's just what he, he, they don't move the ball. Like you say, Halterman nailed it. They, everything they run in that offense is to protect him and his weaknesses, which are, which are glaring. Do you think that there was a, this happens a lot with, I always think of the Wildcat offense as a good example where something springs up that's new and exciting. You're like, oh, wow, like Lamar yeah. Jackson, look how great yeah. he was. And yep. then you give the defensive coaches a full year worth of game tape to go, how do we actually beat this guy? And then you see the big regression. I mean, maybe that's partially what happened with Baker last year. I know there are a lot of other factors going on with the front office, but you mm-hmm. could maybe say that that's the thing. So he's having a down year now. Does he have the potential to improve in his third year, do you think? To about Lamar? Lamar, yes. I'm sorry. No, because he doesn't have the skill set. That's the problem. He, he he does two things well. He runs the ball extremely well, and he throws the deep ball extremely well. So if you can stop those two things, he's done, and, and that's what we're seeing. And really, with Baker, year three, what are we seeing? They have a dominant running game, and they limit what he has to do. They they let the running game carry carry the team offensively. And then they're going to ask him to make a few plays in the game, not all the plays, just a few. And it's working. Right. They're offense. He's Alex Smith, essentially. He is. Like he, he, he absolutely he, is. the The problem is with the with with the Ravens is they they geared up that entire offense to be around to surround like for him. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, on him to make it work. Whereas, like he's saying with Baker, you can. It's it's he's just you just basically don't you know you got the run game and you got the passing game that's got good wide receivers and you can like just don't screw it up that's how Alex Smith was it's like he's a game manager essentially and but whereas Lamar it's all depending on him to make plays and he just isn't making them I I guess the question can Lamar be a game manager probably right uh, and I think what Baker has realized as the season has went on your role is now a game manager. So you're not trying to fit balls into really tight windows. You're not trying to make extravagant plays. You're trying not to turn the ball over. That is basically what a game manager does. Don't turn the ball over. Don't make the stupid mistake. And I think as the as the seasons went on, he's kind of progressed towards that kind of quarterback where that's not been what he's had to do through college in his two years in the NFL before then. So I think he's, he's progressing and playing a little bit better because of that. I Like I said, Everybody's sitting there going, well, God, he's an OU fan. He loves Baker. I do, but I'm also very realistic. He's not a great NFL quarterback. I've told Jared this privately. He's not. He's not great. Right. He's, he's right dab in the middle. He's right in the middle. He's not horrible. He's not great. 
Lamar Jackson is horrible. That is my <laughs> strong take. <laughs> he sucks, okay? Now, That's maybe if they gear state. the offense to where he doesn't have to do much, maybe he can trend back towards he's just that middle-of-the-road guy. Right now, he's awful. We broke one of my own rules, which is don't get into football talk but until the end of the podcast. So, that's my, listen, I'm well, the, I was the one that always complained jokingly about it at first, and I'm the one that let it happen here. So it's my I own start, fault. I started it, though. It's, it's my fault. Uh, it's all right. But, so, you know, it, it's Thanksgiving, and you have football part of it. And yeah. You know, and it, we're right – we're right smack dab in the in the, the thick of the the playoff races and everything's getting you know getting close to the end here it's un, it's unbelievable we are uh we got a month left or so of football so yeah i think it's okay to talk a little bit about football because we have a big show to talk about obviously with racing chiefs covering three and a half they're facing uh they're going to tampa face tom brady who seems yeah. to be really struggling <laughs> yeah if, if anything can help you would think it can help the defense woes uh would be the way tom brady's playing right now i think they cover that uh i do but uh i i don't i i mean there's no problem with chief scoring the ball it's just a matter of getting a few stops and i think they'll be able to so yeah i think the three and a half is pretty friendly i i, I think they'll cover easy i think they're in cover easy let's hope yeah. for aaron i'm so sorry really we uh... really really quickly though really sad news because last week halter and i were going to go to the vegas game in vegas the chiefs vegas and then this week we were going to be in tampa for the Chiefs game because we have so well he has family and friends of mine and we you know the people we go with to Saratoga every year they're well they're Brady fans so of course they would have been there for Tampa as well so we're going to meet for that so it's really sad two weeks in a row two amazing uh you know games and travel experiences that we didn't get to do because of uh this year I'll pour one out for you yeah. Kind of. <laughs> don't don't don't. I don't need I don't need to ruin another keyboard. Uh, Aaron, what's the best thing that you saw this week, other than football? Other than all right, football. all right. Let's definitely change from the football and go back to the horse racing. Right. So, uh, big news: the fantasy league ten teams for 2021 are set, and so I will go ahead and announce mm. the ten teams right now. I don't now. even know who it is. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I kept it quiet from you guys. I, I and, and the bottom line is I wouldn't tell you guys anyway because your opinions don't matter in this thing. It's a dictatorship, and that's me. So um, the ten teams are set. We, we don't really have much uh, of a change, right? All, all the members are back, but we're going to add two teammates to two teams. So Dan has agreed that Michael Myers will be his partner. So hey. Dan, yeah. So Does Dan Michael Mike, know this yet? Uh, I, I told Dan to tell Michael, but you can't rely on Dan. I have no idea if he knows that or not. <laughs> so Dan and Michael Myers are teaming up together. They will be a team this year. So uh, we're very excited to announce that. Also, Brandon. Uh, many people in the league were like, kick Brandon out. He 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 didn't play last year. Jared being one of them. So I'm not kicking Brandon out. I talked to Brandon today and a lot of it was, he said, Hey, I have absolutely no good, no good horses, but I'm not going to risk trying to finish last. So I'm just going to claim very few and not finish last. Guess what? Strategy worked. So I'll give him credit for that. But he did say, I need a partner. Jice Paddle is going to be Brandon's partner. Yeah. So Jice Paddle and Brandon will partner up. That'll be the, the other change in the league. Very excited to have him aboard. By the way, these two guys were super excited to be in the league. I don't know who, who wouldn't want to be in this league, to be completely honest. It's crazy that you wouldn't want to be. But So he is in. We're very excited. I think this league got a whole lot better. 
because I think Michael what is Meyer, that like four, three, four teams with two? Like obviously Magic Mike, mm-hmm. Dan Evil, and, Evil. And, and Michael, Evil, Stevel, and so Dynasty. Like, so oh Dynasty, Dynasty. yes, yeah, so we got like fifteen guys in this league right well, now. Well, and, and so here's the thing: I, I would love to have thirty different guys in this league and thirty different teams, but you just there's not enough horses, right? So we're gonna just try to keep adding guys without having adding teams because ten is almost too many. So uh, that that was the plan. Everybody's really excited. I am as well. I think we got a really good league. Can't wait. Two uh, are yeah. Two announcements to make. We're gonna draw for draft positions uh, December tenth on the December tenth Blinkers Off program. We will draw for draft positions. So make sure to tune in for that. Um, and then we are going to look at probably Monday, December 21st or Tuesday, December 22nd, kind of depending on Jared's schedule <laughs> of when we could do blinkers off, but we're going to do it early that week because Christmas is later. So we're not going to record on Christmas Eve or Christmas day, obviously when blinkers off would normally record. So we're going to do it earlier in the week and actually do the draft. So those are my announcements. Awesome. I, and you wondered if, if Michael Myers knew uh, he's watching live. He no, no, he did not. So congratulations. Of course, <laughs> of course he didn't tell him. Now, there's no point of me tuning in for the draw because I know I will get the 10th pick. I never draw well in this thing. Oh, sorry. I'll, I never draw well in this ever, even though I suck every year, except when I win it. I either win it or I suck. And wouldn't it be nice to just roll it back? Like and and we just reserve reverse draft order the next year. I mean, come on. We didn't add. The, the, I asked Aaron this before, before last year, and I was like, "Hey, have you thought about once we get a set number of teams, just whoever was last, you you know, so in this case, uh, Evil Stevel, you get to draft first. And he said, once the teams stop moving, he'd consider it. The teams haven't quite stopped moving, have they? Well, I just do what I want, and I don't listen to what you guys say anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of. If you're, way, he's not kidding. He really doesn't no, care. No, not one Slim, bit. Slim, not at all. Slim, Slim actually had like a pretty decent uh, suggestion today. And Hawthorne was just like, yeah, noted. And he's like, is it going to happen? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal. Like I said, if you're going to play in it, it's a dictatorship. And you can give me all the suggestions you want. And you're, you feel free to do so. Just know that they're not going to be read or considered. So... <laughs> Unless your name's John White, and then it'll actually be considered. Well, it's probably actually a good idea. Okay, that might be fair. That might be fair. I'm not going to admit that, though, out loud. <laughs> no, no, no. He gets, all, he gets trashed, too. All kidding aside, and, and, I, you know, and, and obviously we know John really well, but I think for anyone to, to join this league and, and to be associated and part of John White and what he's doing and get the insight of when he makes a claim, you're like, I mean, all of us are like, you know, we try to beat each other and, you know, give each other bullshit. But when John makes a claim, John Ryan, you're just like, oh, yeah, John Ryan. There's another two-person two, two league. I forget Ryan's like the silent partner. But uh, you're like, oh, shit, I need to, you know, maximum security. Wow, he really likes that horse. Like, I better, I better, you know, I better become more legit about this horse. So having the John in the league, I mean, I love it. And anybody, some of these guys like Michael and, and uh, you know, guys Paddle and all these guys that are just fans and getting to be able to kind of associate with John, of course, when we do the pod and we do the draft, I mean, it's pandemonium. It's crazy because all these people are on there, and then you got old John White on there too, a legend. So it's kind of neat. I, I look at it as a privilege to play in the league, and I hope everybody else does as well. Because I personally look at it as a privilege. So I, I hope everybody has that attitude. Maybe, I, maybe I'm an idiot. And I don't, but 
Uh, I feel fortunate to be in a league with such, uh, uh, you know, I even even magic in, in, in my just smart people. You know, I, I hate to give him credit. but uh, the, du- yeah. the double NHC qualified Michael Simon. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's not bad. So, <laughs> But I, I still love that even he was like, no, he's, magic's got to stay on my team or else he's going to expose me. Uh, you know, they work, they work, they work really well together. There's some teams that don't, some teams that do in the league, but yeah, it's fun. Um, it's kind of amazing that we started this thing. I don't even know how many years ago, just Halter and I basically for, for a podcast show, you know, for a podcast game, we could play where we did a stupid little draft, just us two. And, and of course a lot easier to do it that way. Um, and we would just bullshit around. And then it's kind of amazing that it, gosh, it's been, been probably 10 years, close to 10 years now that we've been doing this um that's evolved to this so it's pretty neat yeah Can it's, I, go ahead. sorry no no go ahead go ahead well, I, I was gonna add i was gonna ask jared because i know you won with pharaoh and i know you won with justify can you win if there's not a triple crown happening no 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 chance <laughs> not, not even that it's i can't even be in the game like i need <laughs> i'm not even in the, the the discussion unless i have a superstar horse uh it's just i'm hit or miss uh you know th- this year i mean just look at it I, I i just did what i could to stay out of last you know it's just i either have that super horse and i it works or i i draft eight rings and it doesn't so <laughs> aaron and i were talking about a horse that we saw uh, a couple of days ago from the entry some i think it might have been a delmar but i can't remember but uh we both were talking about it we're like i don't know if we like this horse and we both at the same time like that's a jared horse that's a jared horse right there <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? I'll write it. I'll put a note down. Um, it, it was a doctor, Doctor Scheibel, right? Or, or, or yes, it was Doctor Scheibel. Yeah, because yeah. he's he he showed a lot of really good class early in his two year old year. He's hurt slash off oh, now, and that's then me. yeah, he's yeah, gonna come back me. in like March. And and I, and I will bitch at Haltman for until May. He'll finally be like, I'm so glad when that horse retires, so I don't have to listen to you bitch about that horse anymore because that's what I do. Um, yeah, life is good. Will we have a uh, how early will the Baffert horse get uh, get drafted this year? And of course, Central, uh, you know, being the number one probably. But still, it's 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 life is good. Kind of jumps on the scene, and um, it's tough. Like you say, you don't want to add more than ten teams because it it becomes really hard when you get uh, like last year when I drafted tenth and I had to take eight rings, and uh, you know that sucked. Yeah. It's the the ten. You're right. It's it's a very difficult. When 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 Aaron said that that Jice Paddle was coming on, I was like, God, like he reminds me a lot of Paul, and that he's not his main focus isn't this industry. There you go. But his <laughs> he's so just that so just genuinely smart and aware of what's happening, and that you yeah. you kind of I don't want to say we take them for granted, but you you almost kind of forget about them, and that Paul comes in with a big claim, and you're like, God, da- all right, well, shit. Or Paul was like, you know, halfway through this long season. I, I was telling Mike, I was like, yeah, we're in first, but look out for Aaron. Look out for Paul. That guy's got some sneaky stuff happening. And I had Jice Paddle. Um, shit, man, this is going to just make it harder. <laughs> well, the, typic- the, t- <laughs> the typical Paul move, you know, when I when I had Roadster and I finally got tired of Roadster uh, not doing shit, basically costing my team. And then I drop him and like two weeks, three weeks later, he claims him, and we all make fun of him for claiming Roadster, and he goes on to win the freaking, I can't say it, freaking uh, uh, Sansonita Derby. And obviously, he's never, ever, ever, ever been good again, you know? So it was just like typical Paul move. 
Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that, that you're right. When you have guys, and that's what makes it fun. You have smart minds, and it's more than just a stupid fantasy league. It's it, that, that's for claim, you know, for for uh, you know bragging rights. It's you know, it, it's you got the sh- some sharp minds that are all looking at all the two slash three year olds in the country, and you kind of look at that list and you get a pretty good idea of the good horses running. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. That's all. That's a, I don't know how else to end it. It's just it's a really tough situation. And if you're in a case like Brandon, we're halfway through the year, like, well, I'm probably not going to win this. You automatically go into defense mode. It's not like fantasy football when you're like, all right, I'm not going to win it. Screw it. We'll just wait till next year. It's no, you save your ass because these I mean, we haven't been able to do it in the last couple of years. But these penalties for losing, they're not fun. We need oh, I, the Oakland season, baby. We yeah, got it. It's going to happen. Evil, Steve, if you're listening oh. to this, I've got a great idea. You better hope they don't allow fans at Oakland next year. Boy, I've heard it, and I'm telling you, <laughs> it is going. You're going to want to be there, Magic. That's all I got to say. Come, be, magic's coming. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll double mask it to be there for that one. Are you kidding me? Let's, <laughs> so, okay. Let's get it. We got a lot of races to talk about, guys. It's, it's a lot of fun, but we really need to get into these races. So, Jared, if it's okay with you, I'll do the honors here. Go for Let's it. Let's go. All right, kicking things off, we're going to take a look at the $500,000 Clark Stakes. This is a grade one race on Friday at Churchill Downs. This is the highlight of the late pick four sequence at Churchill Downs on Friday. If you want more insight on that, go check out the Magic Mike show. But guys, the Clark Stakes, we're bringing together some really nice horses, a couple of them coming out of Breeders' Cup races. You've got Owendale at 5-1, to one, uh, By My Standards at 4-1. to one. I was a little surprised by this. Code of Honor is your favorite at 3-1. to one. Hasn't looked like the Code of Honor from last year it really not consistently this year so he's gonna be taking a lot of money here uh, if you listen to the magic mike show you know that aaron and i both love code of honor so jared i'll go to you first where are your th- what are your thoughts on the clark here yeah well first of all i gotta i gotta agree with you there because i, I handicapped this race uh just looking at the pps before the morning line came out and uh, i i'll be honest I, then I looked at the, the the morning line i thought son of a bitch code of honor is a favorite <laughs> like i i totally believe that by my standards would be uh, the favorite, and I, I still think he probably will be when whenever they you know hit you know going to the gate. Um, but listen, I I know Code of Honor hasn't looked kind of Travers Code of Honor, uh, but you know I I think he's about ready to run a big one. Is it good enough to beat by my standards? I think that's the one to beat here. Uh, we'll see. But you know Code of Honor, Shug is you know he was very clear like I've got to back off on him after the Whitney um, and kind of restart. This has kind of been a weird horse his entire career in terms of kind of the way he trains him. Uh, the Kelso, he ran good. Complexity just ran a huge race. Uh, 106 buyer that day, which is, you know, right up there. Was, I think he matched his career high buyer. And that was the first off the layoff. So I think he's going to run even a better race. Mile and eighth uh, is a little bit more, you know, of his style as far as the way he runs. So I think he's about to run a big a big race. Just is, is he kind of that code of honor that we're used to seeing back, in, you know, last year or two years ago? Yeah, I mean, I, I Magic, first of all, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it to you just real quick. Uh, you, you mentioned it kind of in your opening, but how shocked were you that By My Standards wasn't the favorite here? Because we talked about this uh, on the Magic Mike show when we did not have odds. Yeah, he was, I really expected that he would. And, and the way that you and I handicapped this, we're like, look, he stuck outside. That's That might hurt him a little bit. 
Um, we were expecting him to be the favorite, so we're like, we'll use him. But we, you know, we were trying to try and get around him and get a little cute here. I mean, this is a horse who's really done nothing wrong in his career, right? If, if you take out the two races at a mile and a quarter, which is the Breeders' Cup Classic last out, and then the, the 2019 Kentucky Derby, he's never missed the board. In fact, at this distance, he's got three wins in two seconds and five starts. So there's a lot to like, but that post position has got to make you a little bit concerned. And this Clark, it might not have your, your Breeders' Cup stars, like, you know, Global Campaign and Probable Authentic tis the law, but there are a lot of really talented horses. And so from a betting perspective, if you're a little worried about by my standards taking a lot of money being a short price, you can get creative and try and make some money here. Yeah, so I'll echo kind of what Jared said, and I, I totally agree with the with the idea of code of honor and why I'm going to put him on top. Uh, the big thing is I just trust the trainer so darn much, and I think he knows this horse so well. You know, when even when you look back early in that three year old season. Uh, I ran in the Mucho Macho Man stakes and it's like, holy shit, this horse is, is all hype and he sucks. Like he was horrible in that race. Comes back in the Fountain of Youth and wins, right? So Suge just knows how to get this horse right. Uh, so you look at this year and Magic, you said it on the Magic Mike show, absolutely 100% correct. Uh, COVID really kind of screwed up the schedule. So Suge really had to kind of juggle around, you know, where he was going to go, what he was going to do. He ends up going to the Westchester, which he was wishing was months earlier, but it ended up being June 6th and he looked pretty good. He won. He wasn't great, but he still won. Uh, And then he went to the Met Mile and I don't think people really give him enough credit for that third in the Met Mile when he was beaten a length and a half. Right, Jared. Yeah, it was, it was a solid ass race. Number one, this horse doesn't want to go a mile. That's, that's not his ideal distance. And again, only being beat, beaten by a length and a half by Vacoma. And Vacoma was on top of his game. He had a very serious racehorse at that time. Uh, I, I thought that was a hell of an effort. And we talked about this again on the Magic Mike Show. Third race in the cycle, Code of Honor kind of starts to tail off. Uh, you, you know, and, and so you look at maybe last year and you say, okay, he, he went Travers, he went Kentucky or uh, Belmont or a Jockey Club Gold Cup. Okay, really two good performances. Then went to the Breeders' Cup, and he sucked. Well, the third race on the cycle was the Whitney this time in 2020. He was not good in the Whitney. There's no way around it. Last time out, got, got him a fresh hitting, going to the Kelso. Yeah, he ran okay. Now I think he's ready. And, he, and, and again, he's getting a mile and an eighth instead of a mile. The Kelso was a mile. Now he's getting a mile and an eighth. I told, I, I told Jerry before we got on the show, I'm very, very confident this horse is going to run his best race. It's just a question of if his best race is good enough. I personally think it is. You know, he's never not improved um, mm-hmm. second off, you know, second off the bench in his whole career. And, he, and he's just been a weird horse, like I said, that he has come off the bench several times. Um, you know, so he's he's due. I mean, I, he ran a good race in, in complexity. Like I said, ran a big race that day not, and going on. Going a distance that uh, just like running the Met Mile, a distance that he doesn't want to go, um, <clears throat> stretches out. I think I think he's going to be tough. Um, Magic, what are your thoughts on trying to beat him, or are you, you know, are you thinking that you know he's you know like because you got to think you're going to get somewhere around three to one, right? Yeah, with him, it is. I went. Aaron and I had kind of the same way of handicapping this, where we thought that class is probably going to be what prevails here, because you've got a lot of good horses. I made a case for uh, Aurelius Maximus, the five horse, when we did our show. That I think, if you're looking for a horse that could continue to improve, maybe you can go with him. But between 
Owendale, who we haven't talked about, by my standards, who you take him out of mile and a quarter races and just is consistent as the day is long. Uh, you've got Code of Honor in here. It's going to be a little top heavy, I feel like, with at least as far as the winner goes. But um, if, if you were worried about Code of Honor, you've got options like Owendale by my standards. Uh, but beyond that, I don't know. I just I feel like you really have to try hard to make a case for some of these horses. Help me with uh, or at least kind of talk like, am I crazy? Like, do you think that at a, for a price horse, kind of an unknown sort of and, and kind of back is Silver Prospector? You know, what what is this horse? He loves Churchill Downs. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes the distance, you know, he, he last was, had ran in the Arkansas Derby, which obviously was awful. Um, took the long layoff and ran back, uh, at the end of October, uh, at Churchill Downs and won, you know, off a really long layoff and ran a nice number. You know, there's the horse that obviously won the, uh, won the Southwest and then, uh, you know, really kind of tailed off, but you know, won the jockey club. I mean, this is a horse that's got some class, uh, for Steve Asmussen, you know, do you think that, you know he can kind of get back to to that form and and, and at least have a say underneath. I'm glad you mentioned him, Jerry, because I am really excited for this horse. And uh, maybe not so much this race, but 2021. I think this is going to be a nice horse. Uh, Honestly, I was ready to play him uh, at worst underneath, but Santana jumped off of Silver Prospector and onto Aurelius Maximus. And I thought that was, that was the biggest thing. It's like, yeah, he's probably not ready for this quite yet. I'm with you. I've always been very high on this horse. If you follow this throughout the year, I, I've picked him in a lot of big spots. Sometimes I've been right. Sometimes I've been very, very wrong, like Arkansas Derby. Um, but, you know, I thought he I thought he got back to a pretty good effort there in that allowance last time out that you referenced. So uh, I was kind of ready to, to, to make him a contender. And then when I saw Santana, it's like, yeah, I'm not sure. Because I don't think there's any doubt that Santana had the choice between the two. And he, and he chose Aurelius Maximus. I mean, he's literally rode Silver Prospector his entire Every career. Time. Yep. And, and he jumped. And that, to me, was a big sign. But underneath, I think he could, yep. um, you know, for a price, if you're looking for a price play to, to kick off that, uh, you know, to hit that try, you know, the try, make it, you know, explode a little bit, uh, he might be one. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, if you're wanting the Ashbyson horse as far as a win contender, it seems like, I mean, like you say, Santana had the choice and he, and he chose against Silver. Well, Aaron, you uh, on, on Magic Mike Show, you had a good little story about Ricardo and Silver Prospector, and I'd love for you to share it here because in case somebody missed it. Yeah, so what, what I said on the Magic Mike Show is, is Jared and I both, we have uh, a pretty good knowledge of three-year-olds at Oakland Park and the inner workings and who likes who on the backside and who likes who in the jockey colony. And we both were told that, uh, by very good sources, by the way, we both were told that Ricardo really loves Silver Prospector. Like this was his, you know, derby horse. He loved him. He, he thought the world of him. And so for him to jump off at this point kind of for me was a bigger deal than maybe would it be to some that were looking at him because I know for sure that Ricardo uh, really liked this horse. Jared, I know, you, you know, same same people tell us things. So so, you know, that as well. How many of these? Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it like to me, that was the biggest, biggest reason why I didn't obviously pick him as a on top. But um, Santana's only rode in the last three times on Aurelius Maximus, and there he is. Uh, how many of these horses do you think we'll see in the Pegasus? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, four. Over, under, on, over, under, oh, let's do this. Over, under, three and a half. What would you guys take? Mm. Well, you know Bodie Express is going to go. Oh, over. Mr. Freeze over. will go. Owen Dell will go. Bodie Express will go. 
uh, by my standards, people will go, you know, Code of Honor probably will go if he wins here. Yeah, I think over. over. I, think there's a, yeah. I think it's a pretty healthy race in terms of uh, uh, in terms of a prep for, for that. Yeah. When you also, the division is starting to lose. I mean, we lost a lot of horses after the Breeders' yeah. Cup, right? But then you also, mm-hmm. Global Campaign was supposed to make his final start, and he got back into training, and they said, nope, he's done. So that one more grade one winner, you know, gone out the door. And how many and how many links would Monomoy Girl uh, like if Monomoy Girl was in this race? How like how heavy would you play her? Uh, because, like you say, we're losing a lot of these older horses that are going to be running the Pegasus. And I mean, what do you have left after they've retired? And and there's a reason we talked about this on the show last week. There's a reason why Monomoy uh, is back in training or going to train up to the the Pegasus. Sounds like because shit, who's going to beat her? See, what's crazy about that is I think if she indeed does goes to the Pegasus, there's no reason to think she's not. I mean, that's what they've said. We might be looking at, like, maybe the most interesting Pegasus since the first one. Because I, I just think, I don't think she's going to scare off any males. And maybe she should, but that's not me disrespecting her. But I don't think she's going to. So I think you're going to have Monomoy Girl against a full field of males. I think that is going to be a super intriguing race. Light years ahead of what we had last year, right? Last year was shitty. You know, the first yeah. two years, not so bad. Because you had Gunrunner from the way outside, yeah. and that was a huge story. And then, of course, Arrogant versus Chrome. I think this one will rank right up there with Arrogant versus Chrome if we have Monomoy Girl. Yeah, especially considering you not just, I mean, Monomoy speaks for herself, but the fact that she won this, this staff, she was sold for $9.5 million. And now she's back. And so all this pressure is going to be on the race. Just be like, why did you bring her out? Why didn't you retire? So then, like you say, you're not going to scare off any males. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it it will be anytime you kind of have that storyline going into uh, that kind of race, it it adds the intrigue. So I hope she runs in it. Me too. Me too. That would be great. And and what if Code of Honor wins by three here? All of a sudden, yep. it's like, hey, maybe she, maybe he can beat Monomoy Girl. He, he's, he's ran well at Gulfstream in the past. So, yeah, a lot to talk about there. But, yeah, I mean, just to, to, to swing it back to this race real quick, I, Code of Honor top pick, and I think Owen Dale and By My Standards are the other two to play. By My Standards, the big reason why I did not put him on top, I, I think the 12-hole is going to be a little bit of a problem for him. I think he does his best running when he's stalking the pace. So I really think that kind of puts him at a, at a weird spot of do we kind of send him do we kind of keep him stalking and hang him wide? Do we bring him back farther than he kind of likes to be? So I think it's just kind of a little bit of a tricky situation uh, for By My Standards, and that was enough to swing me towards Code of Honor on top. Yep, Code of Honor for me. Um, I just think he's he's going to be. I mean, he's going to pop in a big. He's going to pop in a big way. I think here it's just a matter if he's good enough, and I think he gets you know definitely sets a better trip uh, than you said like if By My Standards. So I, I like those two. Uh, you know. Underneath Owendale, like I mentioned, Silver Prospector, uh, Mr. Freeze likes the track. I wouldn't be surprised if he runs okay, but yeah, I like uh, Code of Honor on top. Perfect. Let's move on to the Hollywood Derby. This is the highlight race of a really awesome Saturday at Del Mar. This is a grade one race worth $300,000. One of the last times you'll see straight three-year-olds facing each other going a mile and eight on the turf course. We don't have the morning lines yet. Uh, the, the new morning line guy at Del Mar, he's a little slow. He's not that great, but, you know, he's up and coming. We'll give we'll give that John White guy a shot <laughs> to really feel things out here. Uh, lots of horses that are uh, uh-huh. plenty of intrigue. You've got California Cook, who's a California bred, is uh, Philly facing the boys. She's done it before and done okay. Uh, smooth like straight seems to be 
probably the best horse from the Californias, but uh, you've also got a couple of invaders in here. Um, Storm the Court is showing up. Uh, decorated invaders, speaking of invaders, I don't, this horse looks like a standout on paper to me here. You've got Gufo who won the Belmont Derby, gets Flavian Pratt to ride. There are a lot of interesting angles here. Uh, Aaron, I'll start with you first. What did you think of this field? I thought you would pick Lane Way, Magic. You always talk shit about Lane Way to me privately, so I thought that would be your pick. Um, you know, it's funny because Jared and I were talking about this race earlier, and it's like, oh, my God, it's wide open. But Magic, I'm kind of with you. I ended up on Decorated Invader, and about, oh, three hours ago, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I kind of think you're right. I kind of think he's a standout. So a couple things. I like that he brings uh, his jockey with him, Joel Rosario, uh, fantastic jockey. And really, uh, when he ships, you know, he used to dominate there in California, but now, you know, he's in the East Coast. But when he ships back to the West, it's usually pretty good. He usually does really well. So uh, I, I like that. I, you know, I like that he's following the horse. I kind of think what happened was he was in tip-top form to start the year. He kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, towards the summer they gave him a layoff he came back last time out in the hill prints uh, you know he didn't run horrible he got beat by a head i wish he would have won but he still ran pretty well i kind of think he's ready to pop second second off the off the freshening here i, I think he's going to be awfully tough i've always thought he's a little bit better than gufo uh you know if, if they would have ran this way, race in june decorated Vader would probably be two to five so if i'm thinking hey He's going to get back to that form. I'm going to go decorate Invader on top here. Boy, I'm a little surprised. I didn't think uh, yeah. the way we talked earlier that you were pretty much uh, we were kind of set against this horse. Yeah, you know, I mean, what is this? He's been the favorite five straight races. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. if he would be the favorite here. Uh, again, you know, seemed, but he definitely tailed off after being so good early in the year. I just. He's gonna. I'm at the point where I'm. He's gonna have to prove it, you know, because I'm just not gonna take. If he's if he floats up to like five or six to one, then it's like that's a different story. But, um, you know, p playing him short, I just have no interest in doing that until he shows kind of back to what he was. I like that Rosario stayed put or came with him. Should say. I mean, that's a big sign. I think. Um, talk about that with with Santana uh, in the previous race. The fact that he's running, you know, just that, but shipping to uh, Del Mar to ride him. I think that's a big sign. I. To me, I kind of was between uh, Gafo and uh, in the Chad Brown horse. Um, you know, I, I just like the fact that both those horses seemingly coming into this race, and obviously, domestic spinning beat Gafo uh, in the Saratoga Derby. So, I, both those horses to me are kind of more on the upper trend versus uh, Decorated Vader, who's kind of flatlining a little bit. Maybe he's coming back, but I don't know. I, I, I like those two. I land on Gafo on the outside. I just like the way this horse has been running. Domestic speed, spending beat him, like I said, in the Saratoga Derby. Came back to win the Belmont Derby. Uh, you watch that Saratoga Derby. I don't think there's any question that Gafo was the best horse in that race. I mean, he he was he was in between or he was on the rail against horses. He couldn't get any run, to, and he finally got some room to run and just was flying late. This is a big looking, nice, beautiful horse, uh, son of Declaration of War. Really nice looking horse. I don't think the the outer uh, post. You tell me, uh, Magic. You know, you obviously are our West Coast guy. The the outer post, though, in this kind of race, doesn't bother me too much. Well, no, because at, at Del Mar, if they go a mile and an eighth or a mile and sixteenth on the turf, they have the shoot kind of like Tampa does, and right. Aqueduct has it for theirs. Right. So when especially the mile and an eighth, they're starting actually at the back stretch and coming down and cutting through the middle. So there's plenty of time for 
uh, someone like Flavian Pratt, who knows that course as well as anyone, to figure out where to put the horse, get him into a safe spot, moving over. Right. Um, speaking of Gufo and, and Pratt, the fact that he left Lane Way, who Pratt's been on Lane Way seemingly his entire career, uh, the fact that he just goes, you know what, I'm good. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go ride Gufo here. Uh, you know, I mean, I understand why you're you're getting a Grade One winner to come into town for you, but I think that says a lot. I just wish you hadn't brought up the Saratoga Derby because that was a that race was a big point of contention on the Magic Mike Show because um, I was all about Gufo and I didn't use a Chad Brown Claridge Stables Irad ridden horse in the turf race and so when domestic <laughs> spending got me at especially at seven to one in that race it really really hurt me a lot so thank you for bringing that back up I appreciate that yeah you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say uh, I'm with Jared on Gufo I I really think Clement's going to win this race. I, I, I had Gufo second. That was the other one I thought I would I would definitely play. But uh, I just I, it's a, last second I leaned toward Decorate Invader because I just thought you know I've kind of thought he was a better one all along. So I'm going to play him here. Domestic spending. We'll talk about that horse just real quick, uh, Magic, because you like him so much. Um, I think I think the theme of the weekend kind of at Del Mar is Chad Brown, Irad Ortiz. I mean Irad Ortiz coming to. Del Mar is kind of a big story, and and I didn't pick domestic spending. I will play him absolutely because I'm not crazy like Magic, but um, you know he's probably going to do awfully well here, right? Like Ira Ortiz is not coming here to finish third and fourth a lot, so he's probably going to he's probably going to ride well this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about him a little later, but yeah, I mean domestic spending's got a huge shot here. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, call me crazy, but I think strong constitution. It's kind of the long shot that I would look at here. Uh, you know, last time out over the Del Mar surface, won a stakes. Yes, I know it's much tougher this time around, but still, I kind of, I've always kind of liked this horse. So I think if you're going to play a long shot, he might be the one. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. Uh, Magic, I'm going to lean on you on this one a little bit as far as some of these, like, you know, these these horses that you're like trash you know, California con- horses, strong con- strong constitution, storm the yeah trash. Tayshawn, uh, which I obviously shipping in, but you know, you've been on the turf the last two times was okay. in that grade two American turf at Churchill Downs was not very good at Keeneland. Um, but I don't know, like, what do you do with some of these under, you know, because if, 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 if one of those three horses, you know, the, the two Clement or the Chad Brown don't win this race, then who the F is it going to be? <laughs> Uh, for me, if I was playing this, um, the Californian I would use is Smooth Like Straight. Uh, he's shown to be that rare West Coast horse who can ship east and mm-hmm. still contend. You saw that earlier in the year at Churchill Downs. Uh, this horse likes to go to the front, and a-, a lot of these horses, especially the ones that are shipping in, they have that really great East Coast turn of foot where they come flying from off the pace a little bit. So if he can get out to a lone lead, I think that's going to be great. But then you've got Tom Bush is bringing in Get Smoking. You know, he was able to beat uh, Decorate Invader in you know, in the Hill Prince that Aaron was talking about. So he's probably going to be up there as well. He's got Mike Smith riding. So, you know, Mike's going to try and, and, and figure out where to put that horse. He's probably going to be on the front end. Honestly, I've learned the hard way multiple times. And, and from you guys and from Mike Samich, East Coast is always better when it comes to turf. It's very hard to find a West Coast horse on the turf that can match up with these East Coast horses. I mean, United did a pretty good job in the Breeders' Cup last year, but... I feel like that's kind of a little bit of an outlier there. Yeah, I mean, plain and simple. I mean, Clement's shipping in, Chad Brown's shipping in. It's on the turf. It, 
it, it, to me, it's got to be one of those three. And if you're playing the multis, you play one of those three and you just, you play those three, I mean, and you just move on. I mean, I, I just, it would, like you say, I, I get if you're trying to get sneaky underneath, but trying to pick one of these other ones on top, to me, it's just not there. So I like those three Gufu on, Gufo on top. All right, it's time for Rapid Fire presented by Old Smoke Clothing. Guess what? It's the holiday season. It's Black Friday time. Use promo code DUDES at Old Smoke Clothing. Get 50% off the entire store's worth of Racing Dudes apparel. Go to oldsmokeclothing.com slash racing hyphen dudes. Uh, plenty of gear, the stuff that, you know, that we're wearing in these shows all the time. Go ahead and check it out right there. You can get all the Racing Dudes apparel. And when you're finally allowed back at the racetrack, you're going to look pretty damn cool. First race for the <laughs> Rapid Fire. We're going to stay at Del Mar. We're going back at 8 of Friday to feature race the grade two $200,000 Hollywood Turf Cup Stakes. Overdrawn field of 14, only 12 are going to run, going a mile and a half on the turf course. We don't have quite the big heavy hitters that we saw in the last race in the Hollywood Derby, but you have Arklow shipping in from the Breeders' Cup. You have Red King coming back home after the Breeders' Cup. A couple of really talented horses, lots of locals. Uh, Richard Baltus has two plus one also eligible. Phil D'Amato has four. I think he really wants to win this race for the first time, but Arklow, your five to two favorite. I guess, Aaron, is this is this a singleable spot with Arklow? Do you have that much confidence in him, or are you going to try and sprinkle a little bit here? Hell no, I don't have that much confidence in Arklow. <laughs> Listen, Dr. Miranda, I'm going to tell you a quick story, all right? When we, when we were out, I almost got COVID from those Irish people at McCarthy's. Almost. 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 I didn't, by the way. Thank you very much. I, I, I have very good, I don't know. I don't know what, what prevents it, but I'm very good at it. <laughs> but... Uh, but Dr. Miranda, we were talking about the turf. And, um, you know, of course, Tarana, I'm, I'm high. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, I don't know. Maybe Arklo can upset. She goes, Arklo is complete trash. Why are you saying that? And I said, all right, doctor. Calm, calm down. Okay. So I, that's in my mind from McCarthy's. Arklo is trash. Arklo is trash. Arklo is trash. So now he shows up at Del Mar and I said, oh, no, Arklo is trash. So I'm not going to do that. I went with the second choice in the race. That, that my buddy Graham Motion is shipping in here. And one of the best riders in the country, Manny Franco, he did a great job on Tis the Law last time out in the British <laughs> Cup Classic. I'm going to go with... <laughs> I'm going to go with the eight horse. How do I say it, Magic? Is it Lucario? Was that how you, you got it? Say it? Yep, yeah, Lucario. So uh, here's why, to be serious for a second. Uh, we like to joke on the show, but let me be serious. Um, listen, uh, had, had a decent, you know, record overseas... Came and ran in the Clement Hirsch last time out. Got second, beaten two and a half, but really didn't have a you know that great of a trip. I didn't think. Kind of bobbled at the start. Kind of had some things uh, go go kind of wrong for him. Now going to Del Mar, I think it's a lot easier field. Remember Channel Maker, who we kind of like at times. We like to poke fun of. I mean, I, I like Channel Maker, but at times we poke fun of him on our our platforms. He got he got third in in the Breeders' Cup turf, right? So that's that's pretty legit. So this horse got second to him. Um, I, I think second time in North America is going to be uh, a, a definitely a positive uh, for him. I think you're going to California where the turf is firm, and I think that's why they brought him over here to run on a really firm turf. So I think Lucario is going to be awful tough here. I, I, I'm I'm confident in Grand Motion. And, you know, last time out, rode by Dylan Davis, now gets Manny Franco. I, I don't know. I guess that might be a little bit of an upgrade. So, uh, yeah, Arklo is trash, according to Dr. Miranda, so I'm going Lucario. Hey, she knows. 
She knows. I agree. Arklo is trash. Uh, <laughs> no, listen. Uh, you know, I I, I, I I, didn't think he had any shot in that race. Of course, I had the wrong horse as far as underneath. Uh, you know, I was against Chillmaker in a sense underneath, and I liked uh, uh, United. But I will say, like you say, Chillmaker ran huge that day. I mean, hell, he almost, he almost knocked us out of the freaking uh, exactly that we needed so badly. Um, so, you know, the fact that Channel Maker, you know, beat Lucario that last time out, which was the first start uh, for him in the United States. I'm with you. Everything you said, you know, gets the first start with the trainer with uh, Grand Motion here, which he hits at 21%. Uh, you know, you got Franco, who, like you said, had a brilliant ride in the in the classic. Um, and he gets on here. But no, I, I agree. I think this horse is going to be damn tough. I, I like I like the horse. I didn't see the odds until now at 3-1. to one. Um but to me, I'm I'm trying to beat, uh, I'm trying to beat Arclo here for sure. And uh, and with that horse, it's going to be Lucario. What's funny is Jared sent me his picks before, and I forgot that he picked Lucario. So I'm really excited. <laughs> we picked the same horse. I, I I'm excited. I, l- listen, what he said, I, I you know, I think the source. If, if if he doesn't run a big race, I'll be surprised, right, Jared? Like Jared, if he doesn't hit the board here, would you be pretty shocked? Yeah, I. I mean, I'd be very shocked. I mean, the way he, you got to think too, look at this horse. Like, you know, he won a bunch of races over there in Germany and then finishes, you know, he finishes 18 links back to, to Gaia. Uh, but I mean, but, hey, that's a, it's a really good horse, but you know, he's, like, he's, he's in that race with that kind of horse. Uh, comes back, runs a really good second, you know, gets beat by a nose uh, and then runs, in, you know, runs poorly in that last race and then comes over here and then runs really well. So, the only issue, like, are you guys? What do you think about the 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 track itself? Like, 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 is it going to be too hard for him? Is it going to be too firm for this horse? That to me was the only kind of hesitant uh, hesitation I had with him. Lucario likes it fast and firm. I've been told. Okay. So silly. Uh, I a, a serious answer to that. I uh, I actually that the the track is actually the reason why I didn't. I think he's a must use. I didn't put him on top from when I was handicapping this because uh, there's two factors. One, you guys made the jokes about Manny Franco. Manny Franco. Uh, I don't know if he rode at Del Mar in the Breeders' Cup in 2017 or not, but it's this isn't a regular stop for him. Del Mar is a little bit of a tricky course, and that that finish line comes a lot faster than people are expecting. I remember at the 2017 Breeders' Cup asking a lot of the out-of-town trainers and riders, they all said, oh yeah, that's a much shorter stretch than you think it is when you come off the turn. And so my concern with Lucario is that, yeah, he looked amazing closing at Belmont when their stretch is as long as the entire Del Mar turf course is from start to finish. Uh, Now you're asking Manny Franco, who's a great rider, but still has a bit to learn, to come into Del Mar and figure out how to perfectly time a closing move on the turf course when he's going up against people like Flavian Pratt, Umberto Rispoli, who do this all the time. You've got Irad on a horse that I don't like, but the fact that Irad is on Oscar Dominguez makes me go, well, he won this last year. Irad knows what he's doing on the turf course. Uh, I just have a little bit of hesitation about Lucario. And then you add in the fact that a Belmont firm course is not a Del Mar or a Santa Anita firm course. It is much harder out here. So uh, I'm not saying don't use him. I just, at three to one, it gives me a little bit of caution. And that's fair, I think, uh, for sure. So I I, I like him, um, but I think there's, like you say, I think, you know, you got you to gotta play some other horses to tra- in case he doesn't show up because you still don't know. Um, I'm with you. Like, seeing Irad on Oscar Dominguez, I was like, oh, 
that's interesting. You know, like, cause you know, is he gonna, is Irad who doesn't ride this horse? I mean, can he not choose to ride, you know, for grand motion here? I, I don't know. Like it just seems that, that seems weird to me. So, um, I don't know. Lucario's a pick, but I, I do agree. There's some hesitation. We don't like we don't like Irad in the motion camp. We don't like Irad. <laughs> All right, next race on the rapid fire here. We're gonna stay at Del Mar for the next two races, but moving back to Saturday, race five on the card, grade three, one hundred thousand dollars Jimmy Durante stakes. Nice field of 13 two-year-old fillies going a mile on the turf course here. Again, no uh, morning lines yet, but uh, some really nice horses in here. I think Pizzazz from Richard Mandela is great. Oh, hey, look at that. Fluffy Socks, Chad Brown, Arad Ortiz Jr. I don't know. I got a feeling maybe you guys are looking to Fluffy Socks a little bit here. <laughs> I mean, shit. What do you... I, Chad Brown, Irad, had a point. I mean, give me a, give me a break. I mean, I, I, this horse has got to... I don't... The odds aren't out here, but the, this horse has got to be the favorite, right? I would think, I would definitely think, I, I'm I'm on fluffy socks. I'll just uh, just spoiler alert right now. I I think, you know, in, in like, the deal is, I'm really pissed at myself two races back because at Pimlico I thought, oh yeah, fluffy socks is going to do this, and I I talked myself out of it. I don't know why the horse was six to one, one by two links. Um, you know, last time out I thought still ran pretty well, even though. Uh, she lost by a nose, but still ran a really good race. Now goes out to California. And uh, Irad, who rode her last time at Belmont, says, yeah, I'll take them out again at Del Mar. So fluffy socks all the way for me. Um, you know, I haven't analyzed the whole sequence yet, but fluffy socks was close to a single for me, guys. Oh, boy. I, <laughs> I, I have a strong, strong disagreement on that one. Um, I like fluffy socks, but I don't think, like, Base Storm doesn't do anything for you. Base Storm, I, I think that horse is dangerous here. Um, you know, you also have a horse on the out, draws all the way outside. Invincible Gal, who ran in the Breeders Cup, was not good in the Breeders Cup, but obviously was very good before that. Um, but I went on, I'm on Base Storm. So yeah, you singling um, Fluffy Socks here definitely gives me concern because I, I really like Base Storm. The fact that you get Rosario to ride after winning a nice maiden race uh, keeps improving. You know, Jonathan Thomas, great trainer. Uh, stretching out that's the concern right or that's the question but i would think you know you know from sprint to route for uh for jonathan thomas at 27 percent, i like when he does it i think he's dangerous she's dangerous i'm sorry so i you you really touched on a couple of things that i'm i'm really glad that you did number one with invincible gal i i i get breeders cup but the horse got beat by over two links so i was like yeah i'm not i'm not really by fluffy socks i mean so i'm not really worried about that horse I am worried about your top pick. So, okay, Jared, it's a democracy when it comes to the pick. So I will play <laughs> base storm in the pick four. Um, here's, here's the deal. I, the pedigree as far as stretching out is a little bit iffy, but Jonathan Thomas, a great trainer, uh, an up and coming guy. At, well, I don't know if it's really fair to call him up and coming anymore. When you win the Travers, you're kind of a, you're kind of a big time guy. So Jonathan yeah, you're Thomas, kinda, you're kind of there. Exactly. He was up and coming until Catholic Boy won the Travers. And then then he was actually like the uh, a great trainer. So uh, I, I love his horses always. He gets Joel Rosario to ride. I'm with you. This, I think the difference is this. Base Storm, I could see jumping up and running a bigger race. Where in, Invincible Gal, it almost kind of looks like we know what she is a little bit. So I have no problem with your top pick. You talked me into it. I will not single Fluffy Socks. I will add Base Storm as well. Now, let me at least just, I think Fluffy Socks could be 
kind of legit, like could be really good. Um, but I also think Base Storm has, we don't know yet. So that to me is why I have to use Base Storm. Fluffy stocks could just be really, really good. And you just could just could just pound her into the ground. And that's very possible. But that's the reason I'm playing both of them because I feel like Base Storm, while it wasn't very good on debut, was really good in the next race. So as she continues to improve, and obviously Attract Rosario has been working out well, I would hate to get beat by her. I got a fun fact for you about Fluffy Socks. When was the last time you had a Chad Brown, Irad Ortiz Jr. horse that was a stakes winner and through four starts, she's never once been the favorite. And yet looking at this field and listening to you guys, it sounds like she's probably going to be the favorite. If not favorite, she's going to be very short money. And as Vinny from Real Dynasty Picks said, I uh, can't single... Can't single Fluffy socks here. Chad's horses aren't firing like they should be as of late. I think that's a great point. And at low odds, it seems like a really risky stuff, uh, tough spot here to single. So, I think I think the Chad's horses aren't firing is a dumb point. But I, I do think he's right about the fact that with the low odds, with, with a horse that has always not been the favorite, so maybe that is a little bit something, okay, she's finally the favorite. Maybe, maybe as, as Samich likes to say, uh, we missed the wedding, so don't go to the funeral. And so that's why we're going to play Base Storm as well. Um, but Delmar, Chad Brown, he's usually pretty good when, when he shows up there. So I'll take my chances. Magic, we talked a little bit earlier about the you know the, the horses shipping in, how dangerous they are when they come to Delmar. But what do you think? I, a horse that I looked at for quite a while was Pizzazz. What are, what are your thoughts mm -hmm. on Pizzazz? Mike Smith back on board, rode this horse last time out to her uh her maiden win and, and obviously richard mandela has to have some sort of you know a war front philly has to have some sort of hopes for this horse yeah so this, this is a horse who I, i'm definitely curious to watch how she progresses because mandela's been pretty high on her um she was she went from a maiden start where her debut start into a mile turf stakes race and she did pretty well finished third uh the winner of that madone went on to the breeders cup juvenile phillies turf and did okay and then came back, like you said, and broke her maiden. She and Ivy Leak, who was second, were actually both pre-nominated to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf. So as a maiden, Dick Mandela said she's good enough where she could go to the Breeders' Cup and theoretically do well if she made the field. Uh, I think that that's a big sign. But Mandela has been unbelievable this meet so far at the fall meet. Seven wins from only 15 starts. He's battling for the trainer's title with only 15 starters when guys like Peter Miller have two, three times as many starts out there. So he's doing extremely well. And when he and Mike Smith have been linking up, especially at this meet, you saw what they did together with Astute earlier in the year or earlier in the meet. So um, if you were looking for a West Coast horse, this is the one I would use. I just think, especially we saw at the Breeders' Cup, guys, these West Coast horses aren't at the East Coast level on the turf. I think it was a good call out by Jared, though, because Pizzazz was was one of the West Coast sources. I was like, well, maybe we'll, we'll throw in. And and like I said, Vinny, who's being real critical of me, I haven't looked at the <laughs> whole sequence yet. Maybe there's a single somewhere else and we can go deep here. But I'm just saying, at first glance, Fluffy Socks looks like a horse we might be able to go short with. So, there. Oh, I see a little defensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, before no, was, Aaron and... Before Aaron and Vinny get into a magic mic fight, we'll move on to the race I'm most excited about on the weekend. This is the grade two $200,000 Seabiscuit Handicap. And the reason I am excited for it, boys, <laughs> my boy Jack is back. <laughs> my 2018 Derby horse is finally coming back for the first time oh, over shit. a year. Draws the rail and gets Victor Espinosa <laughs> for his first start after God knows how long. So I don't want anything to do with this horse. Where are you guys looking <laughs> on top here? 
I wondered why the hell you're wearing that pin. I didn't realize what it was. Uh, yeah, that I, I actually, that's funny you say that because as soon as I saw the, the, the field, I text Halsman, I said, my boy Jack. Because, <laughs> I mean, this horse obviously hasn't been seen in, in over a year now. It's insane. And here he is. Uh, yeah, it would take a pretty hefty price. And, and Halterman's favorite jockey, Espinosa, is riding him. So it's got to be, um, you know, it's got to be a good sign. I think you sing, this is talk about a single. This might be your single right here, Halterman. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Listen, here's the deal. This race is a bitch, right? <laughs> it's really hard. Um, it's a tough one for sure. I'm going to let you guys... Okay, I picked two horses here. All right, we're going to have some fun, okay? Um, <laughs> you guys talk me off of, of this one. Another twist of fate. Is that a terrible pick? No, because I almost... I, I almost considered picking that horse and thought, I'll get murdered for picking that horse. So I'm not going to do it. But first, first was with Peter Miller, you got that Peter Miller juice, and you got Rosario Deride. I think this horse might run pretty well, don't you? Th- I mean, on the turf, this horse was really good on synthetics at uh, Golden Gate. You got to think this horse will be pretty good on the turf, right? I mean, Jared, he just stole it right, right from me. He's undefeated on synthetics, and now, of course, it was at Golden Gate. And I know the competition is a, is a, you know not quite as good as what he's going to face here, but another twist of fate was really interesting to me. Uh, and, and I think the Peter Miller thing is a huge thing. And and you look at the the one race, which was the Long Acres Mile, which was not, it's not a great race. Let's not lie, but still really easy win. Like one, like it was no problem. And now moving on to the turf. And I think we'll get a price. And oh, by the way, Joel Rosario is also on the horse and teaming up with Peter Miller. Those two usually kill. I hated all the other horses in this race. Magic is is another twist of fate a terrible pick not a terrible pick at all i think if you look at his form if you scratch off the preakness uh when he just didn't show up that day there's nothing on his form to make you want to not play him here other than if you have a question about turf but you know scat daddies can handle the turf um this was a very highly regarded horse when he was entering onto the kentucky derby trail i know that the trainer kind of went a little bit of an alternative route to get there but um, was able to get the horse into the Preakness and, and get him that free birth there. So I I don't know. I think that this is a pretty good horse, uh, good play. Peter Miller first off the or first time with trainers twenty one percent. You guys talked about Rosario picking him up. Um, I meant to bring it up earlier when we were talking about the Hollywood Derby, but Joel Rosario, you can't touch on Aaron. He was great on the West Coast before he went east and got into the bigger purses and mounts. When he ships west. This is almost unstoppable. And, and and you look at the colony, you're like, oh, it's Pratt, Reespoli. You know, those two guys are really great. And there's some other up and comers. Rosario comes in and he just right down on the table in front of him and says, these are my races. Try and stop me. So um, I think especially if you're going to get a price on this horse, we don't know what the morning line is. If you get a price on this, this is a must use. All right, guys, I, you guys talked me into it. I was going to let you talk me out of it, but I'm going another twist of fate on top. <laughs> Oh, were there boy, any okay. were there any horses uh, that you guys liked elsewhere besides another twist of fate here? Well, I like him, but I don't like him as my top pick. My top pick is on Flavius. Um, I like Flavius here with Chad Brown and Nyrad Ortiz, and you know you look at the Shadowell Turf where this horse finished fifth, beaten two and three quarters. Ivar, your boy, uh, Magic, and then Raging Bull without Pearl. All these horses are better than what's in this race, and and, and you know Flavius didn't get the the best of trips, but didn't get a terrible trip and ran an okay race. Uh, finishing fifth, but of course, won, won the Tour Smile at Kentucky Downs, uh, the race prior to that, uh, beat your boy Ivar. But you know, 
I don't know. Like I, to me, he's definitely a lower level Chad Brown. But you get Judd Mont, you have Irad that's going to ride here. I think he's I think he's the one uh, that I like in this race over say the question mark of how will another twist of fate handle the turf. Whereas we know Flavius, the class level of Flavius is just higher than the, the rest of these in here. So I'm going to pick Flavius. Uh, but boy. You I, you go as deep as you possibly can afford to in this one because I think it's it's this one that can knock you out for sure because you know you not just have uh, the uh, you, you don't just have the the Notre fate the Peter Miller but you've got Baltus and you've got you know the other Baltus one bad boy who's kind of interesting in here and then you I mean you've got uh, the Doug O'Neill the speedster who shouldn't get this distance whatsoever but it's Doug O'Neill I mean come on uh majestic eagle uh imperador is how you say it the second time in the united states i mean that horse is pretty interesting i think so there's like spirit animal the other chad brown not too bad uh so there's you know also manny franco haltzman's second favorite jockey uh is it is writing him so i mean there's just a lot of i guess the point is there's a lot i mean there's a lot of like all those horses could win i'd be like well it's a shitty race that was a tough race to handicap and it wouldn't really shock me so Go as deep as you can here. So can I round back real quick to Vinny being a little jerk in the fifth race? So um, we just talked about the seventh race here, which is in the pick five sequence. And it's like, damn, this is this. You, you need to go deep. And I agree with you, what you guys are saying. And then the ninth race is like, okay, well, we you have to go three deep. because you got to play the, all those shippers. Where the hell are you going to single? Or go short? It's got to be the fifth, right? So... I don't hate it. Hey, the uh, the I was going to bring up Imperador, so I'm glad you touched on it real quick. But uh, uh, this is Paulo Lobo, is the same trainer of Ivar. It's owned by the same uh, group down in uh, Argentina slash Brazil that had uh, Ivar as well. So I think second time off could be interesting here. It's just this. I don't know. Do you try, Aaron? You talked about a potential single twice now. You've backed up how fluff at least go short in the the Jimmy Durante. Is this an all-button type? If you can afford it, should you just go all in the sea biscuit and pray for a price? Well, the the problem, and and, and if you if you have a lot like a really strong single, then then do the all. But the problem is, it's a big field, right? So you, if you don't have a single in the sequence, you can't go all here because it's just such a big field. Um, but if you can find somebody else to single and you've got the budget, yeah, I I, I do because. We've touched on a lot of different horses. And by the way, this is, this segment is called Rapid Fire, and we spent a lot of time talking about these horses, right? Because there's just so many that could win. Um, you know, I pulled up Time Form. Time Form is what I, I, I love from a speed figure standpoint, especially on the turf. I really love it on the turf. And uh, they all look very similar. Like, there's six or seven within a couple points of each other. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely close to an all race. Yep. Right. All right, that's enough of Del Mar. I think we've exhausted. Let's move back to Churchill Downs because guess what? It's Kentucky Oaks, Kentucky Derby season now. I feel like we just <laughs> got out of that one. Uh, let's first talk about the great two $200,000 Goldenrod stakes. These are for juvenile fillies going to mile the 16th on the main track. Ten of them entered here. Obviously, the headliner likely favorite is going to be grade one winner of the Alcibiades. Simply ravishing here for Kenny McPeak. A lot of us had our hearts broken when she stumbled badly out of the gate. Never really got going in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, but she's here. She's also going to have to face Coach, who actually won the uh, won the Rags to Riches stakes. So she's got the experience coming in here. I don't know. You want to talk about a, a short race to go in here? I think Simply Ravishing, if you forgive her for her stumble, she's an easy single in the top pick. Right, Jared? 
Oh, dude, I'm, I'm still not over that. Um, it, it, you can count on one hand usually uh, how many times a year I, I pick McPeak on top, and, <laughs> and 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 to pick McPeak at a short price, you can definitely kind of like a one finger, and it's it's it's, wait, like wait, middle, it's it's a middle finger uh you know that's what i did i think as soon as she broke from the gaze like son of a bitch uh but no i mean that that i i just i was ta- talking to halston about this off air earlier i was like listen simply ravishing right that's the, that's the horse like i'm so excited to play her again but then the logic part of your brain starts working you're like don't you just know she's gonna screw you up like mcpeak is going like it's i'm shocked to even see her in the race um like i just have no faith and for no other reason than just like i just don't believe mcpeak's gonna win at a short price when he should win with her so i'm looking to play against and by by all means i think she's super good and i think she probably could have won the breeders cup had she not uh not had the, the you know faltered out of the gate uh but listen just like kind of the logic and the the, the history of mcpeak behind it i i think she's a play against so listen Brad Cox, right? Is there any hotter jockey or any hotter trainer right now than Brad Cox? Obviously, just dominated the Breeders' Cup and a horse that I really liked in the Alcibiades and, and disappointed a little bit. Travel column, um, the, the the daughter of Frosted. This horse was highly de- highly touted going into that race. Flow back on this horse. Never, you know, drove this horse the last two efforts. Finished third that day too. Simply ravishing. So I'm definitely pulling for the upset here as far as kind of reversing the 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 tables here. But listen. $850,000 purchase, big time uh, ownership and trainer and jockey, everything there. I mean, the fact that he's willing her back here to kind of give her another go, I, I think is a big sign that, you know, hey, listen, they think this horse, for whatever reason, uh, just didn't fire that day at Keeneland. Back at Churchill Downs, which obviously where she broke her mane was really impressive that day. So I think the price will be right to play her finally. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to go with the upset here with Travel Calm. I think it's a I think it's a ballsy pick. I, I'll say that I really do because I I'm with you uh, in that race that you're that you're referencing. Uh, Travel column uh, was my top pick, and now I'm going to go to somebody who wasn't, which is simply ravishing. But here's kind of my deal, Jared. And I don't know, I might be wrong, but it, I just kind of felt like if I'm confident enough to think she can win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and she had a legit excuse. Or maybe maybe Swiss Skydiver, it's like, well, she was even with Monmore at the top of the lane and then got outran. Was simply ravishing. She really had a legit excuse, right? Like, she wasn't even with those horses at the top of the lane. She still ran okay. She still made up a little bit of ground despite the bad trip. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah, damn it. I, I have to go back to her. And I'm with you. I know McPeak, a favorite and all that stuff. And I, I don't disagree. You know that better than anybody. Kind of makes me a little sick. I'm going to play two horses in this race, your top pick and my top pick, because I just think if, if Simply Ravishing gets out of the gate okay, gets, gets you know, a normal trip, she's probably going to win. Well, she's that's probably- what's funny that's what's funny about it is there's really there's no reason to play against her. I mean, the numbers, she, she ran a 90 buyer that day in the Breeders' Cup, even though she lost. Uh, Travel Column ran a 77 in Alcibiades. You know, like that, that's, there's a very vast difference. Um, the only reason I'm picking against her is just I've been burned too many times by, by no, I get it. So yeah, I listen, it, she'd go out there, do her thing, you know, stock the pace or go, or just go wire to wire. And it wouldn't shock me whatsoever. And, and yeah, she's the best horse in the race. It doesn't shock me at all. 
or travel column finishes second not 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 a shocking result at all though those are the one two horses but i just i i've I've seen it too many times so i'm i played both two i think you got the right two horses but i'm gonna try to pick her on the upset uh and pick uh travel column all right, let's move on to the last race we're going to cover today in Rapid Fire. The Breeders' Cup Juvenile third place finisher, Keep Me In Mind, is going into the grade two $200,000 Kentucky Jockey Club stakes at Churchill Downs on Saturday. This is going to be a race 11 on their card. $200,000 purse going to mile on a 16th on the main track. Basically, just like the Goldenrod field of nine in here. A uh, couple of entries with Sitting On Go and Smiley Sabatka for Dale Romans and the Alba Family Stables, which you guys are more than familiar with. Uh, this spot, I mean, I, for me personally, I'm going to go Brad, uh, excuse me, I'm going to go Brad Cox again. Uh, I like Inspector Frost a lot in this spot. Um, this is a horse that, you know, I didn't want to talk about too much because the fantasy league's coming up, but screw it. We're trying to help <laughs> the fans. I love Inspector Frost. I think this horse has got a world of talent. I'm curious to see what you guys think as well. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, this is a horse that, uh, I agree. I think you're, you got, there's no secret here. You can talk about it. Another Godolphin uh brad cox horse right you know it's like it seems like he's just it's unbelievable and here we are another frosted so i'm gonna pick two brad cox frosted horses in each of these <laughs> uh the oaks and derby preps uh which you look at it that way doesn't seem like a bad idea you know like that seems pretty logical uh johnny b gets them out here for flow uh i don't know i, I to me I, I agree i think this is a this is one that he just he's gonna be he's gonna be damn tough to beat and i don't know like uh, Halterman, you, I want to talk a little bit about this race in a, a general sense, but I'll let you get your pick here. What do you think of the race? Uh, well, first of all, I want I want to kick it to Magic real quick. So how do you say the number five horse's name again? Five is Smiley Sabatka. That's how yes, I say it. Yes, I can correct you. For the first time in my life, I can re- correct you. Sabotka is how you say that. Sabotka, okay. Yeah, the only reason I know that is Vladimir Sabotka played uh, for the Blues. Uh, and I, I don't know. I guess this horse is named after a hockey player. I would have to think Saboka. So, first time ever in my whole life, I've got to correct Magic. Thank you for this moment, Magic. That is a Thanksgiving miracle. Okay, so Jared, <laughs> Inspector Frost. Oh man, I love Inspector Frost. I love Infe- Inspector Frost a lot. Cannot wait to use this horse. But who I am picking on top? Another shocker. Because I know we talked about this earlier, and I was all over Inspector Frost. I think Keep Me in Mind might be the horse for today. Not for the future, but for today. And here's why I say it. He just seems to be a little more advanced at this point in the season. And why do I say it? Okay, he finished second in the Breeders' Futurity at 52-1. to I say, oh, probably a big-ass fluke. He finished third, beating two links at 30 to one in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Both times he lost to Essential Quality, who was a shoe-in for the Eclipse Award for two-year-old of the year. I kind of think this horse is pretty good. And the horse is still a maiden, and I get that, and I hate picking a maiden. But I think he's pretty good. I would never have picked this horse in a million years until he backed it up in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Um, The big thing was, okay, is he going to get pace to run into this time? Yeah, I think he might. I mean, Swill is going to set a pretty hard pace. I think Smiley Sabotka will be up there as well. Uh, I think Ultimate Badger will, will kind of play a part in the pace as well. I kind of think it's going to set up for Keep Me in Mind to win. It, it's not a situation where I like this horse a lot as a three-year-old. But in this race right now, I think he makes a little bit of sense. 
Obviously, I will play Inspector Frost. I think Inspector Frost is going to be the best race, or best uh, horse going forward. But I think for this specific race, keep me in mind. And the other thing to think about, he's got experience going two turns. He's got two races going two turns against a primetime grade one company. I don't know if that experience just might pay off a little bit for him. So keep me in mind is who I put on top. I'm a little shocked by that pick. Not going to lie. <laughs> I had, yeah, I'm a little surprised too. Can I ask you, because Aaron, you know, you cover all the small tracks, the, sure. the middle of the country tracks that a lot of us don't really know anything about. And that's where Teodoro gets a lot of his claim, or at least that's how he built himself up, was claiming horses and then getting up there. And so when he had two horses, including Keep Me In Mind in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, I was like, what, when does this guy ever have a solid two-year-old? So it really surprised me that he he put him in there and then he, he's continued to do as well as he has. So as far as Diodoro goes, is this weird, or am I just not following this, following his uh, style that close? Well, my experience with horses or with uh, trainers that cheat like Diodoro is the first time out when they run a horse, they kind of have to get the concoction right as far as what kind of medication <laughs> they're going to give them, medication, so to speak. And so uh, with a lot of these first-time starting cheating trainers, their maiden isn't the greatest, but the second start is when they really show. And uh, so that's kind of what happened. Uh, with keep me in mind and so I think they've got the concoction right they've got everything right so maybe now this horse is ready to, to pop you got to think of it like this he got beat by essential quality the last two races and he was within range essential quality is probably one to nine against this field so in that regard I think keep me in mind is going to be pretty tough another thing to think about guys and I know he was helped by a strong pace in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile the pace kind of fell apart a little bit this horse was 17 and 15 links behind at one point in this race and still came running. I think he's going to come running once again. And I, you know what? I, I think Cohen is a really underrated jockey. Like, I really like this guy. This guy was so nice to me when I met him one time. So maybe that's why I really like him. He's such a nice guy. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him. He, he I think he's a very good rider as well. I'm, I'm happy to see him back on this horse. So... Yeah, I kind of think Diodoro's got the got the medication figured out for this horse, and I think I just think he's going to be really tough in this spot specifically. Listen, I think uh, you go two horses in this race, and neither one of them is Halterman's. I think you play the two Brad Coxes, and again, I, listen, it's interesting, right? Let's talk a little bit about that. Flo, yep. who's ridden to Spectre Frost the only two times this horse has ran, jumps off. Now, granted, you get Johnny B, uh, so, you know, not bad. But he jumps off and stays on Swill, who he also rode last time out, which is also trained by Brad Cox and 10 Strike. Uh, I was talking to our boy Clay at 10 Strike, and they really like Swill. He, he actually touted us with Swill a long time ago. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, that's an interesting move from Flo to jump off of that horse. And, and like you talk about that horse we you and I both really like and jump over to Swill. What do you make of that move? I love it. Okay, so Jared, you are stealing all my lines today, right? Because in the summer, who did we? Who smart did guy. We, well, who and who did we? The the uh, a barn that we are very familiar with. This is Cox Barn, and who were they always hyping? Swill, Swill. We love Swill. We yeah. love Swill. Didn't really yeah. live up to it at Saratoga. Burned money for me personally, but seems to be coming on. And then gets low. I'm with you. Uh, I I said let's go short in 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 the golden rod. I think I think your top pick, my top pick, move on. Here I think we go deep in Swill. What I like about uh, him, 
He draws the rail, which you might think, oh, that's not good. But he he has a lot of speed. I think he shoots out there and gets to the front. And if he can clear those other horses that I mentioned earlier, he may take this field all the way to the winner's circle. So I'm, I'm with you. I think Swill is very interesting. I would not leave Cox off, uh, either one of these Cox off, horses off of a ticket, a uh, multi-race <laughs> ticket. <laughs> I'm glad you added horses. Uh, right. <laughs> what about, and I hate you, we, I, you have to, it's at Churchill Downs and the horses are going to be the favorite, so you have to mention <laughs> Del Romans, right? I mean, what are these horses wins? Like, you can almost see... When this happens all the time, you're like, son of a bitch. Dale Romans is sitting on go, a horse that, you know, obviously is a great stakes winner. Smiley Saboka has Saboka? Saboka. Saboka. Smiley Saboka, uh, who, you know, was impressive on his last uh, main win there. Two horses that, uh, you know, the Allball family stable owns. Obviously, both of them are out of Brody's cause, which is, or sired by Brody's cause, which is kind of funny. Um, but you have to think. It's it's like when you count out Dell, like he, he, he oh I knew that horse. This is my Derby horse now. Like all this, you know. So, like if you're gonna if if you're gonna play deep in this race, I urge you if you can, play both of them, play one of them, whichever one. But it, you would sure hate to get beat by Dell Romans, and he's gonna pay a price um, when that happens all the time at Churchill Downs. Well, my favorite person in racing that that, that works in racing besides Magic is uh, is <laughs> Kelly Von Hemel, right? And so Kelly, and he's been tricked by all the horses before, but he kind of uh, told yeah. us, yeah. So take this with a grain of salt, but Kelly kind of told us, say, hey, I really like sitting on go. I think this horse is going to be really good. I, I I've been watching him train, uh, you know, I've been watching him leading up to the Breeders' Cup, and I, I I'm going to make a bet on him. Now, of course, the horse sucked in the Breeders' Cup. But Kelly knows a good horse. So I think sitting on go is the Roman's horse to really pay attention to here. And also the horses won two races back at Churchill Downs. And what was essentially the prep race for this in the Iroquois? You know, that in a normal year, that's kind of how that goes. So, yeah, I'm with you. Sitting on go. Uh, Smiley Saboka, I, I want to see him make a little bit of jump. He's He's got a, a big jump to make as far as speed figures. I don't take speed figures like overly serious with two-year-old races but he's got a big one to make so that kind of was a red flag um the other roman's ultimate badger i mean it seems like he should be pretty good here but he's another one it's like yeah i'll see what he i'll see what he does you know i uh he's he won last time out that was the positive the negative was when he was in the air he got beat by his stable mate by 12 and a half so I wasn't overly excited to put him on the ticket. So I'm so glad that you brought up Ultimate Badger because that was my Iroquois pick. I had kind of the feeling that where Jared was going with the Romans horses where you just, you know he's going to pop an upset. And I think Romans had five or six horses in the Iroquois. And I was with Ultimate Badger because I thought for sure Romans is going to win this race with an upset. And I was half right. Uh, I didn't I didn't have sitting on go. But uh, you know who does love sitting on go is Corey Lannery. He's named on both sitting on go and Smiley Saboka. Uh, if both of those horses run, he has confirmed his top choice is sitting on go. So if you were leaning that way with the horse, Corey Lannery's giving you a little vote of confidence as well. I think Smiley Saboka will probably point for something different. I don't think he'll enter here. Interesting. Well, there is the, I don't know if he's named because I, I, I close out the PPs, but it, with, it's the Stars of Tomorrow 2 cards. So literally the entire day or night at Churchill is just all two-year-old races. So I don't know if he's necessarily named in one of those races, but uh, uh, you know, we'll see what he, where he goes. Do you have a, an idea for where he might show up, Aaron? Yeah, he, he's not entered. And I, though surprising, I thought maybe an allowance race on this card would make sense for him. He's not entered in any of those. 
Um, time, I mean, maybe he will, but I would think, I would think like Golfstream somewhere is where he'll be entered next. Well, here's the best way to play this race is let's hope, let's hope. Well, so Smiley and Citadel Go are coupled, right? So if they do both run here, then you could just play all three Dells and then you, you know, essentially, um, and then take the two Coxes, you know, Alterman's favorite, two Coxes, and then um, play the, his top pick, Keep Me In Mind. So you, you go super deep with the Coxes and, and, uh, and <laughs> the Roman. He doesn't have a real point. He just wanted to say that. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. You can go to the next race. That's it. Well, that's all right. Listen, we'll. Uh, I I understand where you're going with that. It was probably something along the lines of the two cox horses playing tummy sticks together, right? <laughs> yes. And speaking of Vladimir Savoka, look there at he's going to show. Vladimir Savoka, <laughs> former St. Louis Blues, number seventeen. There he is. He opted out and he went over to his to his home country and then they won the Stanley Cup. So I feel bad for him. Good player, Vladimir Savoka. Really good, uh, uh, reliable player. He would chip in with a goal every now and then. A, a physical player, very good defensive player. I, I miss Vladimir. Maybe not the best decision maker, but good guy. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Blinkers Off. Jared, I forgot. I don't. I usually don't listen to the end, so I forget how you wrap things up. But uh, hey, thanks everybody for joining us. This was a fun show. Uh, lots of plenty of races to cover. If you want the previews, the picks, the premium products, go to racingnews.com, click on the handicapping products page. Don't forget, now and through Sunday, I believe, or through Monday, Jared, uh, the Black Friday sale for the Racing Dudes shop. Go to oldsmokeclothing.com slash racing-dudes. Use the promo code dudes. You get 50% off all of our gear there so that when you can go back to the track safely, boy, you're going to look pretty damn fresh with all the racing dudes gear on. Uh, Aaron, Jared, thank you so much for letting me host. I always have a lot of fun doing this. So thank you. You're welcome. So, somehow you keep coming back. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's more fun when you're on the show. I mean, let, let's be honest. Like, is this just, it is. you know, we can, they can bullshit all we want. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, you know, everyone listening, we appreciate it. Hopefully everyone has, you know, good Thanksgiving. And then I don't know, you know, obviously this year is different than every other year that we've ever experienced. And, uh, you know, not a lot of plans on our side. I know you, you guys are also staying home. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously what better to do than to, uh, eat, um, watch football, what racing, racing on Friday, obviously racing on Saturday. I know what we'll be doing this weekend. Um, you can do all that from your home. So that's, what's great about, uh, what we're going to be doing. And obviously, uh, again, thank you so much for listening and, and magic. Thank you so much for, uh, for hosting. You can, I, I'm pretty sure. What we're probably going to do is just, I'm probably going to just fire you from Magic Mike and then let you just come over to Blinkers Off. And then we'll just have Samich and Ricky team up. <laughs> as long as I don't have to edit it, that is a perfect plan. <laughs> Can you imagine that show? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> <what> we... <laughs> we call it the Tommy Stick Show. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we try and figure out our composure, thank you so much for for uh, joining us for a live episode of Blinkers Off. Remember, if you're if you're listening or watching back on the replay, uh, we're always going live. So go, if you go to YouTube.com or the Racing Dudes page, 
click the subscribe button. You'll get notified whenever we go live with this stuff and, and all the wedding Good. crashers talk that you could ever handle in one horse racing podcast is going to be right here. Um, again, make sure you check out the racingnews.com. Aaron has got the Goldenrod and the Kentucky Jockey Club previews coming up. The Clark preview is there. Your the Golden well. Rod. The Golden Rod. That's my nickname. I thought it was Tummy Sticks. Thank yeah, you so much right. for following. <laughs> Follow the corporate overlords, Aaron and Jared, at Race Underscore Dudes on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus. Why are you still on Google Plus? Instagram. Uh, <laughs> Blinkers off is on all the podcasts. No, I we're not on Google Plus. I stopped saying Google Plus a long time ago. Come on, bro. All right, yeah. come on. All right, well, hey. Twitter, um, Instagram, and Facebook. There you go. YouTube as well. YouTube as well. Uh, I am at Curtis Keller. We're on porn tube. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we're coming to Pornhub hey, in 2021. By the way, I, I saw there's a great deal. I don't ask me where I saw this. I think it's two hundred dollars a special Black Friday on Pornhub. Two hundred dollars lifetime membership. So there you go. What lifetime? Lifetime. Okay. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Surprised you haven't got that alert yet. Wait, 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 wait. Where is it again? <laughs> it's a Pornhub. Pornhub.com. Two hundred dollars lifetime. Got it. All right. Thank you. you. Need to verify that. I'm not really sure. I saw it on Twitter, but um, I think that's correct. So, did you hear that, babe? <laughs> <laughs> All right. God. No help. What are you doing this weekend? Jeremy tried to seduce me. I want my painting back. The painting was a gift, Todd. I'm taking it with me. I'm going back to the Magic Mike show. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Good luck this week. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next time. That's what that is. There you go. Dudes.com for all of your needs. Racingdudes.com for all of your leads. Racingdudes.com for all of your bets. Racingdudes.com as good as it gets. Racingdudes.com for all of your needs. Racingdudes.com for all of your leads. Racingdudes.com for all of your bets. Racingdudes.com as good as it gets. God, I like my voice hurts doing that. I don't know how you do that every time. <laughs> Let's go. There, yeah. It's, it's, you make it. That's why I go riders up. Uh, I am not. Yeah. I am not a nice easy sound there. You can always tell too, like how pumped I am up for that show. Because sometimes it's like, "Let's go." Like, Let's go. Well, what's funny is like Breeders Cup when we were sitting side by side, you know, in the hotel we were doing it, you know, and uh, he he would he would scream it, and I'd be like, "Holy shit, he's fired up for this one," you know. So. <laughs>